Praise God, praise God. I'm so happy to see you all here tonight. Of course, I'm looking yeah. through my ID. <laughs> and I see your phone numbers, but I'm glad you are here. Everybody's doing well? Yes, yes, I'm yes. doing well. Okay. So, okay. Amen. Well, is any does anybody feel led to pray and this this evening? I'll count to three. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord, so much for your goodness and for your mercy. Thank you for bringing us together again. Lord, we thank you that you are here in our midst. And Lord, we thank you that you meet us here every week. You are here with a fresh word. You are here with a fresh revelation. You are here to teach us. You are here to guide us into all truth. You are here to, to lead us on paths that are unfamiliar to us and to give us perfect vision so we can navigate the situation um, correctly and efficiently the first time around. And, Lord, so that we can live out the perfection of your vision for us. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you are the answer to every question. You are the solution to every problem. We thank you, Lord, that you are the lover of our souls, and you know exactly what we need, and you know exactly how to get it to us. So we come tonight, Lord, with joyful hearts. We come with expectant hearts. We come already set to be in agreement with your word in the name of Jesus. We come with ears that hear and hearts that understand so that we can receive the seed of your word into the fertile soil of our believing hearts. And, that, and believe that that seed will come take root and bring forth 30, 60, and 100-fold in Jesus' name. So, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to have your way and be thou glorified. And we thank you that none of us will leave here the same way we came in Jesus' yes. name. Amen. Amen. Woo! You guys, the Lord has a word tonight. <laughs> I'm so happy and I'm so excited. It's so funny when I'm spending time with him and, and it's like, you know, all throughout the week he's talking to me, showing me stuff, okay, but then there comes a time when he's like, okay, sit down and, and we're going to get this down on paper. And I'm trying so hard to get it down on paper, but I keep getting excited. It's like there are all these praise breaks in the middle of it. So that by the end, I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, you're just going to have to tell me how to say it because <laughs> we didn't get very far with that. But it is so good. It's an exciting word. And I, I just believe that each of you is going to be touched. I believe that each of you is going to hear a bullseye word, a word that's going to address that very thing that you've been seeking God about that very thing that you have a question to, that very, if there's a bullseye word for you tonight. So I just speak that you have ears to hear and hearts to receive in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Okay. So tonight, Holy Spirit wants us to do some housekeeping. Let me ask this question. We've been talking about our authority for several weeks now, and... Um, We've had time to go over it. We've had time to, you know, talk about it, talk about certain scriptures several times. We've had times to walk it out during the week. We've had time to think about it. And I'm just um, feeling led to ask, 
if there is anybody who has anything um, that they would like to ask or anything that they would like to discuss, something that they would like to cover more deeply before we move on, um, anything like that. Like I said, tonight's kind of a night of, of housekeeping, and so if there are things that need to be addressed so we can move forward without having any lumps under the rug, um, this is a night to do that. So I put the question out now, um, and you can answer it now, or if you can't think of anything right now, if anything comes up during the course of tonight's session, please, please interject and let me know. Okay? Yes. Okay. All right. So we're just kind of smoothing out those bumps because we we want it to um, we don't want we don't want any negative yardage. We don't want to have to turn around no. if we don't have to. We will, but we don't want to have to do that. All right. So how many of you spoke to the storms this week? I did. I started, and then along the way, I. I forget. Okay. But when I remember, I would just pray. I don't call the names. I just say, Lord, you know, the storms came in that they don't hurt anybody, you know. Okay. So some, I didn't do it every day, but I did it. Okay. Lane or Deborah, you want to weigh in? Yeah, I did the 20 names. I didn't do it every day. I probably did it. I probably missed about two. Okay. Deborah? Yes, I spoke to the storms. I listened to um, the way that you prayed it out on the recording and uh, let it kind of feel to my heart. And then I repeated it after you actually the way we did in the Bible study, but on the recording. What I enjoyed was when you would call the name, I would call it right after you like an echo, but I joined you in unison with the phrase, bow your knee in the name of Jesus and confess that he is Lord. And then if you said Christabel, I would say Christabel, and then we would say together, bow your knee. It was like, I don't know, sort of like a rhythm. When when I repeated it after the recording, the only thing that I repeated after you was the name of the storm. But in unison with you, I would say the phrase, bow your knee in the name of Jesus and confess Jesus is Lord. So it was sort of like a song we were singing. Like if you said Christabel, I yelled Christabel right after you, and then together you and I would say, bow your knee in the name of Jesus and confess <laughs> that he is Lord. Amen. Whatever the name, the next name was, I'd say it after you. It was almost like a, we were echoing his name, the name. Yes, yes. And then together we were declaring in unison, bow your knee. So that's the way I picked up on it, and, and it kind of got to be fun. Because I felt like I was an e- I was echoing that 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 storm's name. In case you didn't hear, who called you? Let me call it again, and then we said it together. You bow your knee in the name of Jesus and confess that He is Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yes, and that is the desire because Sister Deborah Rogers said last week she 
brought it out that when we say it together, it seems like there's more strength in it. There's more strength in the collaboration. Yes. So wonderful, yes. wonderful. Thank you, Deborah. And it's important because remember, we're talking about our authority. This is talking about us partnering with God. This is talking about us not being powerless. God says that he is raising up a new leg of his army to join the ranks in taking dominion, not in asking him to handle it, but in taking dominion. And we take dominion by speaking directly to the situation. So um, there's a reason. There's a reason. Yeah, so it's about taking our authority. Um, let's remember the, the man who brought his son to the disciples to cast the demon out, and the, the disciples couldn't do it, so Jesus is like, bring him to me. And then the disciples asked, why couldn't we do it? So it gets into another story, but the thing is, Jesus was kind of annoyed, bring him to me. You know, oh ye of little faith. He, this whole project is about us learning to take our authority to partner with God in saying what he gives us to say because we have the power to do that. Okay? So it's, it's learning a new thought pattern. It's learning a new, um, I'll leave it like that. It's learning a new thought pattern. It goes to Isaiah 42:16, where he said he's leading us down um, paths that we knew not. For, for some of us, this is a path that we did not know. This is a path where we didn't know that we could talk directly to the situation. And so God is saying, I'm leading you down this path. I need you to follow me because the only way you're going to get the desired results that I have for you is if you do it the way I tell you to do it. Okay? So we're moving from asking God to do it to receiving his instruction on how to do it and then carrying that out and doing it. We are partnering with him. We are co operating with him. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I wanted to share a phrase that I heard today that I thought went well with what Catherine just said. Is that okay? Yes, please. Okay. The phrase is, I can have what you say, Lord, when I say what you have for me to say. I can say it again. I, I can have what you say when I say what you say I have. Amen. Amen. I can have what you say when I say what you say I have. Amen. Amen. And you know, to piggyback off of that, I was going to send you all a picture, but I decided to wait until tomorrow. But it's the scripture. Um, you don't have to turn to it. Just listen to it for right now. John chapter 12, verse 9. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. So when he gives me the commandment of what I should say and what I should speak, I should get happy because that means I'm getting ready to get something. <laughs> I'm getting ready to get what he just said. Whether it's the Amen. result to a situation, whether it's a blessing coming to me, whether whatever it is, but I can have whatever I say because I'm saying what he says I have. 
<laughs> Glory Amen. to God. This is exciting, you guys. Oh, I'm very excited. Now, Deborah, I appreciate your sharing your experience about um, say commanding the storms with me. Do you do any of you do you have any observations that you'd like to share about your experience while you were doing it? Or any changes that you felt happening within yourself while you were doing it? Anything that changed or anything you noticed or anything, anything? I'll tell you that for me, when I would say the name and I would command it, at the end, I would feel this big release. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't plan to say it, but after I did it, it's like, hallelujah, glory to God. There was a, a spontaneous praise that came forth because there was a release. Something had just been handled in the spirit realm, and I could sense that. It wasn't just me calling names and repeating a silly phrase. It was me saying this intentionally knowing that I am taking my authority and knowing that something is happening, whether I can see it with my eyes or not, whether I have a report or not. And even when the time comes, when something looks like it's going contrary to what I said, I'm not going to be moved by that because I know that what I said has taken effect in the spirit realm. It's just like what Deborah said. Say it again, Deborah. I can have what you say when I say what you say I have. Amen. When God tells us something to say, we can have it. We can be sure of it because he's the one who told us to say it. So speaking of that, let me tell you, or let me explain to you, I appreciate you ladies saying it. Now, let me explain to you the importance of saying it every day. Because that's what God told us to do. Yeah. That was it. He didn't say, say it on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, say it Saturday morning. Say it. He said, say it every day. There's something that he's trying to work into us. This is, remember our scripture in Matthew chapter 6, um, starting at 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you don't do what I say? Number one, this is what God told us to do. He told us to say it every day. So if we're really calling him Lord, it's about following a simple instruction. Okay? Lord, I can have what you say when I say what you say I have. <laughs> Lord, I can have what you say when I say what you say I have. That's it. Thank you. Okay. And so um, if he told us to say it every day, there's a reason he told us to say it every day. He's working something into us. Let me tell you the story. I may have already told you the story about my dad. I love my dad. And I'm so grateful that he, when I was a little girl, he taught me the many disciplines that I have now where it comes to my walk with the Lord. I did not know that that's what these disciplines were. I just knew that daddy told me to do it. I had to do it. If I didn't do it, there were consequences. <laughs> One of those things was read your Bible every night or every day. And so, okay, you know, I start out, 
reading the Bible, and he would ask, he would always ask on the days I didn't do it. He wouldn't ask me on the days I did do it. Uh, he'd be like, did you read your Bible today? And it was always something like, oh, I forgot. Or, oh, I meant to, but I was so busy. Oh, well, there were consequences to that. And this was back in the day when it was not harmful to spank your child. It's still not harmful to spank your child, but this, my daddy believed in that. Um, he didn't abuse me or anything, but the principle was, this is what I told you to do. You're being disobedient. I need you to do it. Now, he didn't do it every time. You know, if it got to be three, four, five times, he was like, all right, obviously, she's not getting the message, and she needs to learn to obey. So that's what it started out. It started out as a discipline where do it so you won't get in trouble. But as I grew up, see, I began to read the Bible because I wanted to. Somewhere, when I was a little girl reading the Bible every day, God was talking to my heart. And he was developing in me a love for his word. And he was giving me revelation. I didn't understand it to be revelation at the time, but he was just working something in me by reading my Bible every day. And now, as an adult, I don't need anybody to tell me to read my Bible every day. And on days when I don't read my Bible, I'm not afraid of getting a spanking. I'm not afraid of getting in trouble. But I do say, oh, Lord, I missed you today. I didn't spend time with you like I should have. I didn't spend time like I wanted to. I really miss spending that time with you. There's a longing in my heart to want to spend that time because of the discipline that my father developed in me as a little girl. And so even now, if, he's, if God says to say this every day, there's something he wants to work in us. Luke chapter 6. Why call me Lord, Lord, if you're not going to do what I say? Now, let me tell you what the person is like who hears what I say and does it. Oh, he's like the person that digs deep and built a foundation upon a rock. And when the flood rose and the stream beat vehemently upon the house, it could not shake the house because it was on a rock. So here's what the person is like who didn't do what I say like a person who built it on the sand. Oh, I'm just building it for the sake of building it. It's a house. A house will do. But when the flood rose and the stream beat against it, the house fell. Great was the, great was the ruin of that house. And so for that man who built a foundation, he digged deep. Okay? And God is saying to us tonight, we need, we need to dig deep. Dig deep. Right. Dig deep. It might be uncomfortable. It might take extra sacrifice, but dig deep, build that foundation, because when the storm comes, you want your house to be unshakable. We're talking to the hurricane when there isn't a threat of a hurricane in our area. We're building up our spiritual stamina. We're building up our faith. We're building up our spiritual strength. So when we're looking in the face of a hurricane, we can say with just as much conviction, you bow your knee to the name of Jesus and confess that Jesus is Lord. But if we're just playing with it now, we're not going to be equipped to do it when it counts. You make sense. You are making sense. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. And I feel the anointing really strong, you guys. I feel like I'm standing outside of myself listening to myself. Holy Spirit is at work. Praise the Lord. Now, let me give you the praise report. 
Um, last week I told you all about Cristobal and how even though it did damage, there were no injuries reported and so forth and so on, right? Well, this week on Monday from the um, National Hurricane Center, there were no current storms. Praise the Lord. Man. Today, Man. from the um, all of these are from the National Hurricane Center. Today, I've got reports from three different areas. One is the Atlantic Caribbean Sea, Gulf of Mexico area. We're all familiar with that because that's like where we are. No, there are no tropical cyclones at this time. For the eastern North Pacific, that's like from Alaska down to um, Hawaii, down to the Philippines, there are no tropical cyclones at this time. Then there's the central North Pacific, and I'm not exactly sure where that is because there really aren't any territories out there, but I'm thinking it's like between Asia and America. <laughs> um, but there are no tropical cyclones. The overall forecast, tropical cyclone activity is not expected during the next 48 hours. Is that a standard? Okay. Now, this is a video that I watched yesterday, again, from the National um, Hurricane Center. And the title of it was something like, um, oh, why, why, is, um, why is hurricane season quiet again for now? Okay, and the the commentator, the one, um, what do you call it, narrating the video, he says, well, June, it, it should be quiet right now because June is the beginning of the hurricane season and, you know, there's usually a storm, you know, every couple of years or something during this time. So June should be quiet. He says, however, this year we had three named storms in the first week of June. That's record-breaking. Yeah. But now it's perfectly quiet. Look at what our declarations are doing. Look Amen. at what our ghost-led declarations are doing. Can Amen. I ask to that? Yes. Um, the wind from East Africa, East, yeah. The, the winds that normally bring us storms are bringing us the dust from the Sahara Desert. And that dust keeps the thunderstorms and the other storms down. So that's one of the other things that is contributing to a quiet season. Oh. So instead of getting, we're getting dust. We're getting, yeah, we're getting dust, but no storms. <laughs> okay, and the dust um, suppress the storms is what you're saying. That's what keeps yeah. the storms Look at, look at, look at. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Right into the Gulf, you know, the Gulf of Mexico goes right into there. Okay. Praise God. So, Praise God. This is Thank Gabra. you for Okay. I believe that is one way that those storms are confessing that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Amen. Because we don't want to think about storms confessing that Jesus is Lord, right? 
But the Bible says every tongue should confess. And if you read through the Bible, and even on the handout that I gave you, Psalm 148, we can see that we can command creation. And this was the first time ever that God talked to me about telling a storm to confess that Jesus is Lord. And look at them. Look at them. They can't go any farther. They can't go any farther than the bounds that we have set on it. Psalm 145, verse 6, in the Amplified, talking about God, it says, um, talking about um, all of creation, it says, he also established them forever and ever, meaning the things that he created. He made a decree which shall not pass away. He fixed their bounds which cannot be passed over. And so when we're telling them to bow their knee to the name of Jesus, when we're telling them to confess that Jesus is Lord, we're setting up bounds that you can't just run willy-nilly and do what you want to do. Now, there are some things that have already been set in motion that give you the legal right to be here, but outside of what you've been given the legal right to do, you cannot do a stitch more damage. Bow your knee to the name of Jesus. Confess that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. You're not. That's what we're telling the story. And as Deborah just expressed, this is one way that the storms are confessing that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so this brings me to another um, part of our housekeeping. Last week when um, we we were establishing that God did not send the storm, Last week, there were only two people who were totally convinced that Jesus, that God did not send the storm. Has anybody joined those ranks tonight? Can anybody else say that God did not cause the storm, that God did not send the storm? Can anybody else say that with a surety? Yes, I believe it now. Okay, praise God. So last week, I want to address this, though, from the, from the scripture. Um, last week, the, the, um, someone says, well, God allowed it, you know, or it was more of a question, God allowed it? And there are some things, and God does allow things. It's just like when we're talking about tithes, right, and how God says, you've robbed me, you are cursed with a curse. It's not because he was cursing them. It's because they stepped out from under his umbrella of protection. Well, it's the same with these storms. These storms are allowed to come and affect people because they've stepped out from under God's umbrella of protection or they've refused to step under God's umbrella of protection. You know, there are some who have just been rebellious and they've refused to acknowledge God, they've refused to repent, There's a, whatever, maybe they've just, out of ignorance, out of their mouths, just spoke, man, hurricane season's going to be a doozy this year, oh, um, I shudder to think what's going to happen, whatever, but there are things that are put in place in the spiritual that open doors for these things to happen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 19. And we're going to look at verses 3 through 8. Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 through 8. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away 
his wife for every cause. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement, and to put her away? He saith unto them, Moses because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And so we see in this scripture, this is the Pharisees coming to Jesus, trying to trip him up again and saying, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And then Jesus is like, haven't you read in the scroll? You know, in the beginning, God made a male and female. And for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and the two shall be cleaved to his wife, and the two shall become one. Therefore there are no more two, but they are one. What God has put together, let no man put asunder. And then they said, well, then why did Moses allow them to get divorced? Now check out Jesus' answer. He said, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. That's not the way God intended it. That's not the way it was supposed to be. But because you all had such hard hearts, but because you were so rebellious, because you did not walk according to God's laws, fine. Then this law was put in place. Or this allow this uh, allowment, I made up a word, was put in place. It's not God's best, but he allowed it because of the hardness of your heart. And we can look at the same thing when it's like, well, why did God allow the storms to come? Why did God allow this to happen? Why did God allow that to happen? Not because, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm God, but I'm not powerful enough to stop it, or, oh, I'm trying to teach them something, so I'll allow this storm to come through and tear up their houses. That's not the God we serve. God, right. But because of the hardness of man's hearts, of men's hearts, some things are allowed to happen. And that's the answer that he gave me um, to the question, did God allow the storm? Or why did God allow the storm? Or how was the storm allowed? Why did the storm affect who it did in the way that it did? You know? Does everybody follow me on that? Yes. Yes. All right. Praise God. Okay. So um, another piece of housekeeping. Last week, Deborah raised the point when we were all giving our reflections while we were um, naming the storms together. She said, well, you know, I just felt that we should have laser had laser beam focus on the storms. We should have called them storm, Christopher, storm, da 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 because there are lots of people out there named these names, but we're talking specifically to the storms. And the only answer I could offer, um, which was good, all I can say is this is what God told me to do. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, nothing if not obedient. That's what God told me to do. 
But I asked them about it this week, and I said, Lord, I would like to be able to further explain that um, to the group. So can you please enlighten me on that? And even when Deborah and I talked about it um, privately after the session, um, we both came around to it. And what she said was, well, I understand now that if we call it Storm Cristobal, then we're naming it Storm. We're calling it Storm. So in other words, we're calling into existence a storm oh, and all these okay. other things. Okay. Okay. True. True. Right. okay. And so what God has shown me was you're giving it a title. And I guess that was oh. another way of saying it. You're calling it that. All right. And the scripture God gave me to back that up is when, um, and we don't have to turn to it if you all remember the story, but when um, Jesus called Lazarus from the dead. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he said? Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Come forth. Come forth. Because forth. he had the Sorry? He spoke with authority. Yes, he spoke with authority. And he said, and you know what? Now that you said that, Sister Paris, you know what he said even before that? He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He waited intentionally to come until after Lazarus was good and dead, <laughs> four days, and now he stinks. Right. But Jesus had already had a conversation with God. Yes. And God had already given him what to say. And Jesus said, God, I thank you, or Father, I thank you that you have heard me, but, and I'm paraphrasing, but for the sake of these people, so that they can believe. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. Yes, he spoke in his authority, the authority that he had gotten from God to say those words. Okay? <laughs> now, had he not said Lazarus, had he only said come forth, then we could have had all kinds of bugs raising up out of the dead. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay? But he said Lazarus. He did call right. Lazarus by name. By his name, right. But, and this is what God was telling me today, we don't know that he was the only Lazarus in the graveyard. It's true. It's but true. Lazarus that he was talking to was the one that responded. Right. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So, um, that is the housekeeping, <laughs> the housekeeping that God wanted us to do tonight. Um, I will go back to my original question. Is there anything that we've discussed through these Bible studies, even up through tonight, that you've had time to think about or you've had time to walk out or you've had time to just, you know, explore that you would like to ask about or think about so that we can iron the wrinkles out before we move forward I think what I was thinking about was um, like what you asked just before, because if she is, if you had said that Lazarus, you know, it would not, it might have been many Lazarus, as you said, come up, come nice. forth. So right. I understand now with the storm. Cause that was okay. on my mind, you know, to say Good. about the storm. But you clarify it for me. Oh, good. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody else? 
Okay, if all hearts and minds are clear, here we go. Woo, holy ghost, where do you want to go? Oh my gosh, there's just so much. Oh, okay. Okay, yep, then we will go to our sniper study. That's what I'm calling it. Lynn is very excited about this. <laughs> our sniper study. I was very excited about it. God, I know this is Holy Spirit talking to me because I don't think in terms of snipers. I don't think in terms of war. I don't think, uh, this is nothing that I would have thought of is what I'm trying to say. So if you all will take out your sniper handouts, it's the one that actually has our, our in the moment logo on it that says Dominion Task Force. Mm -hmm. The Lord gave us a word a few weeks ago, um, and he says, I am raising up a new leg of my army that will join the ranks in taking, whoop, there's a typo, in taking dominion over the earth like I commissioned Adam to do in Genesis 1.28. Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. All right, and then in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, my absolute favorite in the Amplified Classic. Does somebody want to read that? Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and, and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses, and nothing shall in any way harm you. Amen. So God has given us what we need to take dominion over the earth. He's give, actually, you know, he says, if you look at Genesis 128 again and look at it in bold, it says, have dominion. Dominion. Yes, but that word is have. Look at um, or think about it in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said, I have come that they might and have it more abundantly. He didn't say, I came that they might get life. He didn't even say, I came that they can have life. He said, I came that they might have it. We have to actively have it. Okay? Either you got it or you don't. <laughs> we have to actively have it. And we should walk in such a way. And when I say walk, I mean live. We should live in such a way that we constantly have dominion. We shouldn't have to take dominion. Like, okay, it's peacetime right now. The weather's good right now. And now the storm comes up. Oh, I got to take dominion. I got to, I got to, I got to get my faith up there. I got to get my authority up there. I gotta... No, we should be walking in a state where we constantly have dominion. So it doesn't matter what situation comes up. We are already in that place of dominion. Our mindset is there. Our spiritual self is there. Everything is already in position, and we just have it. You know the picture I get when I say that? 
you guys might laugh at me, but I already told you my tsunami story. If anything ever happens that I have the need to walk on water, my faith is there. I'm already already ready to walk on water. I, it's just already there. If the need comes, I can do it. No problem. Jesus was a man on this earth fully dependent on God. He laid down his godship. He laid down his deity. He humbled himself and came in the form as a man. So he's not this super duper who can do things that we cannot do. He came here in the flesh just like we are in the flesh, but he was fully dependent on God, and everything that he did, he did because God gave him the power to do it. He did it because he was fully dependent on the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus needed to go meet the disciples who were in the boat, what did he do? He walked on the water. How else was he going to get there? I mean, he could have called some angels to carry him. He could have, you know, that would have been his airplane of the day, his helicopter of the day, whatever. But he just walked. He needed to be able to walk on water. He walked on the water. He had the ability to do that. He didn't have to go practice. He didn't have to go pray. He didn't have to go fast. He didn't have to. He kept himself in a state of mind. He kept himself in spiritual shape so that whatever it is that he needed to do in whatever moment, he was able to do it. When people brought him sick people, he was able to heal them in the moment. When they brought him people who were possessed by devils, he was able to deliver them in the moment. Whenever people needed a word of wisdom or whenever he had to speak into somebody's life or whenever, you know, I'm thinking about the woman at the well, whenever he needed that knowledge, whatever it was, he saw Zacchaeus up in the tree. He had it. He didn't have to muster anything up within himself because he walked in a state of constantly having it. And that's how God wants us to walk, in a state of constantly having dominion. So no matter what comes up, we just... Yeah, pick pair. Yeah. yeah, handle it, handle it. <laughs> we just cooperate with God and get it done. Amen? Amen. All right, and so now the equipping to to walk in this dominion, the equipping to walk in this um, authority, we can find it in Second Corinthians chapter ten, verses three and four. So, who wants to read that? For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty true God to the pulling down of the strongholds. Amen. So though we are here in these natural bodies, though we're here in these, you know, this meat, this flesh, that is not, we, we don't war after the flesh. We don't use the same tools that they have. We don't use the same strategies that they have. We don't use the same. We, 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 have, we operate on a higher order. We operate in the spirit. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not earthly. They're not worldly, but they are mighty through God. So we see right now, right there, there is a dividing line 
on one side of the line, there's carnal stuff. And on the other side of the line, there's God. Our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. So we can, we can, we can imagine a dividing line. And when we're trying to handle situations, it's just like last week we uh, looked at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, where it says the word of God, it divides between the soul and the spirit. We can tell what part is of God. Our spirit is in direct connect with God. Our spirit is already in alignment with God. But our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions, sometimes they're not there. That's why we have to renew our mind so that we stay in alignment or get in alignment with our spirit that is already in 100% alignment with God. The ultimate thing is to be in alignment with God. But don't sidestep your spirit because your spirit is the real you. The, and ooh, praise God. We're going to talk about that too. The real you is already in alignment with God. So the word of God it divides between the soul and the spirit. It divides between what Catherine wants, thinks, and feels and what God wants and thinks and feels. And if those two aren't lined up, then Catherine needs to get it together, renew her mind in the word, until the spirit and the soul look like one where that issue is concerned. There's a dividing line. Our weapons are not, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we have, um, we are equipped because we have God. And even more, I don't know if I should say even more, but more specifically, we have the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals the strategies to us. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us how to use our spiritual weapons. Woo. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals to us the things that we have at our disposal. The Holy Spirit is the one who reveals what God has. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has for him. But the Holy Spirit has revealed him for he searches the deep things of God. We have access to everything that God knows because we have his Holy Spirit. The scripture says, who knows man but the spirit of a man? It's the same way. Who knows God but the spirit of God? And we have the spirit of God. And God is the father of lights. He's the father of revelation. In him there's no distortion. There's no variableness. There's no shadow of turning. He does not maneuver himself to intercept the light. He's not trying to keep any of the light back from us. He wants us to know everything that he knows or whatever the situation is. Perfect vision. We are equipped with the Holy Spirit above all things. Glory to God. Amen. Can anybody say amen? Amen. 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 Okay. Susan, um, Kathy, um, like verse 20 of Luke 10, 19, uh, Luke 10, it says, it's talking about the spirit as you're talking about, but it says um, in the Amplified, nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirit, which is a storm, which is anything that goes, that is not 
that could be anything that would be like a storm or a circumstance, but it says, uh, do not rejoice at this, that the spirit, small s, are subject to you, but rejoice that, well, it says always rejoice that our names are enrolled in heaven, but the thing is that it's written that what we speak into these spirits that's in the storm, that's why it can dissipate or cease or, how you said, as you're teaching, but I just want to share that about the spirit. Yes, because we we are, yeah, I hadn't gotten into that just yet, but we are speaking to the spirit that is in operation behind the storm, which is why we are commanding it to bow its knee um, and to confess that Jesus is Lord. And we have not um, commanded them to dissipate. We have not commanded them to disperse because, as of yet, that is not what God has told us to do. So we're just saying what he's given us to say. And and we even talked about that last week because, you know, of course we want the storm to dissipate. We want the storm to be cast into the sea. We want these things, and that's great, and it sounds perfectly logical. But what happens when we pray according to logic and then don't get the answers that we prayed for? A lot of people revert to, well, maybe it just wasn't God's will. Or, you know, God allowed it to happen. There's a reason for everything. And what's happening is people are copping out of faith because they think faith does not work when the, the real issue is that they have not operated according to faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You have to have faith for what you heard from God. And when you hear from God, then you say what he says. You do what he shows you to do, and you get his results. And so going back to Ms. Deborah, I can have what you say when I say what you say I have. So if I would dare to look at the reverse of that, I cannot have, well, I cannot have what I say when I say what I say I have when it's not what you said I have. In other words, we have to say the same thing that God says in order to get what he wants us to have. Amen? So we are equipped. We are equipped with the Holy Spirit, and we're equipped with a whole lot more, which we're going to talk about. Um, but the background for the sniper, okay, God gave me a vision of a sniper in action. And told me, and what I saw was a person dressed in all black, and of course they had that long black bag, which is the rifle. They had it over their shoulder. They went up to the top of a building on a roof, and they took the rifle out of the bag, and they laid down in position, and they just laid there and waited. That's what God showed me. And he says, um, he told me that a sniper is in place before her target ever appears. So um, the storms... I think it was Albert, and there was Bertha, and there were Cristobal. Those are all done. But we're still speaking to the storms, Dolly through, through Wilfred. We're speaking to them before they ever appear. We're speaking to them. We're a sniper. We're in position. We've got them in our crosshairs already. So when they do appear, we're already on it. Okay? You we're ready. That's right. The sniper is steady and in place and pulls the trigger at just the right time. 
So right now we're saying, bow your knee to the name of Jesus and confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, there may come a situation, and I believe there will, when something happens with a storm and he's going to give us what to speak to that storm. And it's going to be different than what we're speaking now. And there might be two storms going at once, and he tells us to speak this to this storm and that to the other storm. Whatever it is, we say what he says, we get his results. But the sniper is already in place, steady and in place, and pulls the trigger at just the right time. God told me that a sniper, that's good, a sniper travels light. Therefore, she is able to set up quickly and break down quickly. The Lord didn't give us all these different words to do. He didn't give us all these different things to do. He said, do this. It's the one thing that he's asked us to do for three weeks now. So how long is it going to take us to get it together to do the one thing that he's asked us to do consistently? A, a sniper travels light. Therefore, she is able to set up quickly and to break down quickly. And then he showed me that a sniper is undetected. You know, they always look up. Where did it come from? Yeah. Right? Okay, so he showed me all of this, and he told me, this is how you will handle the hurricane. You will be waiting for them before they arrive. You will already be in position to take them out. And that is exactly what we are. It was only a day or two later when he led me to the list of hurricane names for 2020. So he told me that before, I don't know if it was before the list came out or just before he led me to them, but um, he told me that. And then a week after that, he instructed me to start the Dominion Task Force. And let me just say this. We are walking through this together, and our object lesson is hurricane season. But use these principles as, um, as principles to use in your own life, to take dominion over situations that are popping up in your life. What principle? The principle of seek God's face, seek his word, lay his words up in your heart. Meditate them. Become fully persuaded of them. Once you become fully persuaded of them and you're praying them, then you speak them out and you command. But the bottom line is you say what God says and you'll get his results. Thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. You are assured of success when you decree what God. And you know that word decree, remember, it means to decide by decree. You hear people say, I declare and decree, or yes. I decree and declare. And actually, they're two different things. To decree actually means to write it, and it means it's a decision. To declare is an utterance out of your mouth. But here's the thing. You shall decree a thing. You shall decide that what God said about the situation is how the situation is based on the words that he has spoken to you. You decide it. You have a made-up mind. You be fully persuaded. And then you declare it. You speak it out of your mouth. You command it to be so. And then the rest of that promise is what? That his life, let me find it real quick, said, um, decree a thing, it shall be established, and the light shall shine upon all thy ways. Mm-hmm. God will give you the light of his direction and his governance, and he will give you the comfort and confidence of success when you say what he says. 
when you decide that what he said is true, no matter what the situation looks like. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Decide that God is true. Decide that his word is true. Decide that his word has supreme authority and first place in your life. No matter what the situation looks like, you stand on it and you decree it in faith. And that's how you'll see the results. So use these principles that we're talking about here to have dominion in your life. Whether it's with that stubborn piece of hair that won't lay down the right way, <laughs> or with the suit that you're working with, or, you know, how to stay clean, you know, whatever it is, you know, have dominion. Enjoy. Okay. So um, I'm on the next page now, page two. Truly, God is leading us down paths that we have not known before, and he is causing darkness to become light before us. He's causing the things that we don't know to become things that we do know. Glory to God. We have his promise that he will make the crooked places straight, and he will not forsake us. He's not going to leave us hanging. He's not going to take us halfway and let us fall on our heads. He's going to see us all the way through. And as we walk this assignment out, he is giving us perfect vision that enables us to see what we need to see in the moment, positioning us for success the first time around. This is what God is doing. No 2020 hindsight. No looking back on it and be like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. No, he's giving us perfect vision now. All aspects of our vision working in perfect coordination with each other so we can see things the way God wants us to see it. So that we can navigate it the way that he has us to navigate it. Perfect vision. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, I think we're just going to go through real fast. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Oh, this is so good. Okay, we're going to go through the first four points. But, oh, my gosh, this is so good. Oh, maybe the first five. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Characteristics of snipers. A person who shoots from a hiding place, especially accurately and at long range. Hi, and I hope you all are taking notes. A person who shoots from a hiding place. You know, when I envisioned that sniper, he was up on a roof, he's undetected, can't see him. I changed it to a man. Girl power. Can't see her, okay? A hiding place. What is the first biblical thing that comes to your mind when you hear hiding place? Somebody answer fast. Psalm 91. Yes, Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the of the Almighty. Amen. That's our hiding place. And the enemy can't get to us in our hiding place. Woo. That's another spiritual weapon that we have. That's another part of our spiritual arsenal that we have. We have a fort. We have a, a hiding place. An impenetrable hiding place. In the Amplified Classic, it says, um, who's who's Power no foe can withstand. No foe can withstand God's power. And we're under his shadow. We're in the hiding place, his hiding place. 
so we have we woo, we have that protection and we have that um, that covering. Glory to God. So a person who shoots from a hiding place, we're not, remember, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. God is our hiding place. We're not out here on our own trying to do it and expecting not to get shot. Remember that picture? When we step out from under God's umbrella, then we are subjecting ourselves to whatever elements are out there. But when we stay under his, his umbrella of protection, then we are protected. Amen? All right. So we're in his hiding place. A person who shoots from a hiding place, which means we have to stay in alignment with him. Um, I remember, this was years ago, I really enjoyed going to Sunday school. I was an adult. Really enjoyed going to Sunday school, was really following through with the Sunday school lessons. And, and then God told me that the next weekend he wanted me to go out of town and go visit somebody. And I was like, but Lord, I really like the Sunday school lessons, and I really don't want to miss it. And, I, and he says, my shadow is going to be in South Carolina. Where are you going to be? In South Carolina, thank you. Not pulling from your shadow. Stay in the hiding place. So we have to stay in alignment with God. We have to stay in that hiding place. All right. A person who shoots from a hiding place especially accurately. When we're talking about the words that he gives us to speak, we are speaking his words. We are accurate when we speak his words. As soon as we add our other words to it, now we've got a scatter shot. Now we've weakened the power of the weapon. Now we have no guarantee that the weapon will work. God's mercy, God's grace, God's intervention, he can make it work for our good. But if we're going to shoot accurately, we need to say what he gives us to say. A person who shoots from a hiding place, especially accurately and at long range. This is really the point that I wanted to get to. Right now, hurricane season is quiet. We don't see anything on the horizon. But that does not mean we, we slack up on our confessions. That does not mean we slack up on our commandments. We're hitting this thing from long range before they even develop. Because you know what? In order for them to develop, they're going to have to come against all this resistance that we've already put out. We've already weakened them before they've even got it, gotten started. God is likening us to snipers who shoot from a hiding place in him, under his protection, especially accurately saying the words that he gives us to say, and at long range, way before the hurricanes even develop, long before the storms even develop. Okay? Point number two, or bullet number two. This word most, sniper, this word most often means trained marksman. That's why we're going through this the way that we're going through it right now. This is a training process. This is learning how to do what God says, the way that God says to do it, seeing the results that come from it, seeing the results that come when we don't do what God says, learning how to work in agreement with each other, learning how to work in cooperation with Holy Spirit, learning how to stick with it even when it might feel like it's useless or might feel like, why are we doing this? There are no storms. We're training. 
We're building that house on a foundation. We're digging deep. Okay. Again, a marksman, um, a marksman who shoots at people from a concealed place. Psalms 91. Uh, bullet number three. A sniper is a military or paramilitary marksman who engages targets from a position of concealment. Again, Psalms 91. Or at hiding place. Okay. Hiding place, yes. Or at distances exceeding the target's detection capabilities. Can you imagine that storm trying to muster up and be like, why can't I get, what, why won't the winds come together? Why can't, I told you, I sent it in a text that um, the preacher in Louisiana said that the meteorologist, speaking of principles, said the storm is disorganized. The storm was already disorganized when it made landfall. So if the storm can confess that Jesus is Lord, don't you think the storm can be like, why isn't this working? <laughs> Why is this happening? We're already frustrating its purposes. Glory to God. From distances that exceed its detection capabilities. We're already operating in the spirit. Or, yeah. Why? Because Holy Spirit has given us the strategy. Holy Spirit, our helper, our teacher, our guide, has given us the strategy. Okay, moving on. Snipers generally have specialized training, again, that's what we're doing here, and are equipped with high-precision rifles. Again, our words, very intentional. Every day, very intentional. Digging deep, very intentional. High-precision rifle and high-magnification optics. Okay, we'll come back and talk about those more and often feed tactical information back to their units or command headquarters. There's going to come a time during this hurricane season when you're doing, you know, what you're doing throughout the week, you're making the, you're commanding the storm, you're praying, you're doing whatever, and God's going to speak a word to you, and you're going to come back to us, and you're going to share it with us. We keep the team, the unit, informed. And then uh, bullet number four. Snipers don't lay down suppression fire. That means they don't just they don't just shoot trying to keep the enemy back. Just shoot at random trying to keep the enemy back. They don't do that. Nor do they assault the enemy. You diminish in the name of Jesus. You diminish for the sake of saying it. No, 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 no. That's not what snipers do. Snipers play it cool. Snipers go according to plan. Okay. They stay in one position. And that position for us is in alignment with God, doing what he says to do, saying what he says to say, when he says to do it, and when he says to say it. All of the time. <laughs> I love it. Snipers don't lay down suppression fire, nor do they assault the enemy. They stay in one position all of the time. Glory to God. And then... Um, I'll just do the first part, the first part of this next bullet. But it says, snipers don't just shoot people. They are often ordered to destroy material targets. All right? And so the, um, the hurricanes are the targets. The spirit behind the hurricane is the target. 
as, um, and then it goes into the sniper may shoot generators, radios, transmitters, or fuel and water supplies. Putting a 50 caliber round in the engine block of a helicopter or transport is just as effective as putting one in the man who drives. So the Lord is having us to speak to the storm. Amen. 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 Okay. Amen. Anybody have any questions or comments? We'll go over this more in depth next week. So I'd like for you to bring this this sheet back, but um, I feel like we covered what he wanted us to cover with that. Um, so, you know, let me just open this up. We have, we're doing good. We actually have 10 more minutes. Um, talking about our spiritual authority, right? We're receiving revelation that we have authority, and with that authority comes the right and the responsibility to have dominion. When we are walking in our authority, when we are having dominion, we are cooperating with God. We know that word is cooperating, but I want you to hear it as cooperating. We are operating together with God. But there are some things that keep us from doing that. There are things like unbelief, like when the disciples couldn't cast the demon out of the boy. They said, why couldn't we cast the demon out? And, he, and Jesus said, because of your unbelief. But this kind of unbelief doesn't come out but by prayer and fasting. There's uh, shame. For whatever reason, we don't feel... Uh, worthy of walking in our authority. We don't feel worthy of, of, of receiving what God has for us. Okay? Um, another reason includes guilt and condemnation. When we feel... <laughs> I'll have to tell you this story one day. <gasps> Woo! But when we feel guilty, when we're doing something, when we know we're not in the right, when we know we're doing something wrong, it's kind of hard to go to somebody and ask them for something, okay? So if I know that I am blatantly disobeying God and something he's told me to do, I'm not going to feel like I have the right to have authority over a situation. That's just me. That's just me. Um, when we know that we've done wrong and we don't receive forgiveness, then we keep beating ourselves up. We, 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 we keep ourselves in condemnation. The enemy doesn't have to do it. We keep beating ourselves up. And we stay in condemnation. And we, we separate ourselves from fellowship with God. Broken fellowship with God. And the reasons include feeling like you owe God. I've got to pay God back. Oh, he's so good to me. I got, Lord, I owe you my life. Lord, I've got to pay you back somehow, or every time the Lord tries to bless you, you got to out-bless somebody else, not because of the principle, you know, it's more blessed to give to receive, none of that, but because you can't allow yourself to feel like you received something from somebody. You have to feel like you one-upped them. I have a relationship with um, some people. They're very sweet. They love me very much, and they um, named me the god godmother of their children. Um, 
but birthdays and Christmas and stuff is really, really hard because I'll give them a gift, they really like it, and then they're like, oh, but we got to give this cake a better gift. And they and they get a nice, don't get me wrong, it's a nice, nice gift, but then the only thing I hear after that was, oh, we got you this free. We got you this cake. Oh, we did this. It's always about what they did, and they feel good for having come up with something better in their estimation rather than we wanted you to have um, and we can get that way with God. Um, broken fellowship with God includes a work-based mentality. I have to pray this many hours. I have to read this many chapters. I have to uh, uh, give this many, uh, donate this much whatever, you know. Um, broken fellowship with God includes feeling like God is displeased with you. When you feel like someone is upset with you, you don't want to enter into their presence. You don't want to call them on the phone. You don't want to go to their house because you don't want to face the chance that they're going to be like, get out of my face. I don't want to see you. <laughs> These kinds of things keep us out of God's presence. And here's the big thing. Here's the big thing. Ignorance. Ignorance. Meaning ignorance to what our, well, no, just ignorance. Ignorance to who we are. I've been thinking about you a lot this week, Sister Norford, and how you just really grab on to we are the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. That's part of our, that's a part of our identity. We are the yes. righteousness of God. Yes. And, oh, my goodness, I look forward, I believe we're going to get into this next week because I have to tell you that, well, I'm going to come back to that. So there's ignorance, ignorance to who we are, ignorance to what we have, such as our spiritual weapon, such as supernatural help, such as the Holy Spirit, such as the mind of Christ, such as grace, such as all of our hiding place. All of these things, and even if we know we have them, meaning we have a, a mental knowledge that we have them, not necessarily an understanding of what they are, but even if we know that we have them, we don't know how to use them or how to get the most out of them. And then there's ignorance of how to take hold of the promises of God and how to hold on to the promises of God. Okay? So um, the, the thing is this. When we don't know who we are, what we have, and what we can do, we forfeit the blessings that God has for us. And we don't want that to happen. So we're going to talk more in depth about these things, even more things about the sniper and, and more things about uh, and more about the things that keep us from walking in our authority. I didn't mention fear. I don't think fear is a big one, too. But this is one thing I have been instructed to say tonight, um, and I thought we would get into it, but I guess this is how God wants us to close it. Going back to, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you have received Jesus as your Savior, if you are born again, if you are a Christian, don't let anybody talk to you like you are a sinner. Don't let anybody tell you how hard it is to get into God's presence. Don't let anybody tell you that God's hand is against you. 
Don't let anybody convince you that you are a sinner saved by grace. You're one or the other. You are a sinner or you are saved by grace. But you're not both. Amen. He who knew no sin became sin that we might be made, with no doing of our own, be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if we have been made righteous, that means, again, with no effort of our own, we have been made to be in right standing with God. We have been made to be everything that we are supposed to be. The things that you are hearing me say are, are um, definitions in the original language. Mm-hmm. Righteousness has been bestowed upon us all because of Jesus. Nothing that we have done. So don't let anybody speak to you like you are still a sinner separated from God that has to try so hard to come into his presence, how God makes it hard for you to come into his presence, how God's hand is against you, lies and garbage. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is your identity. That is who you are. That means you have all of heaven backing you up, and that means God is pleased with you. Don't let anybody talk you out of that. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, I sure do love you, lady. I'm so glad you're here. I want to thank you for those who have sown and um, for those who continue to sow. And I just want to remind you that, and we'll talk about it more, but I'm, I just, I'm going to keep planting and watering the seed, that when you sow in this context, what God is having me to teach you right now, it's, a, it's an action step for you. It's a corresponding action with your faith that says, Lord, I have heard the word that has gone forth. Lord, I received the word that has gone forth. And where my treasure is, there my heart is also. Here is my finances. And I am sowing them into the kingdom of God as seed, believing that as I plant this seed into the kingdom of God, that I'm going to receive a harvest of that word in my life. It is going to be manifested in my life. I'm going to walk in my authority. I'm going to stay in my, in my, um, in, in my identity as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going that's you grabbing hold of the word. And God is faithful. You will see a manifestation in your life. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your direction. Thank you so much for your correction. Thank you so much for your faithfulness, God, that you know You know the plans that you have for us. You know the expected end that you have for us. And you know how to get us there. We thank you so much for loving us that much. So, Lord, we purpose in our hearts to meditate your word throughout the week. We purpose in in our hearts to obey your word, to do what you have told us to do. We purpose in our hearts to grow 
from what we have heard. Ah, to nurture this word that has been sown in our hearts with prayer and with thanksgiving. We thank you, Lord, for taking us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Hallelujah. We thank you for the changes that are taking place in us even now. And, Lord, we thank you for the victory. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you're showing us through this walking out our authority over the hurricane season. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you are preparing us for. Thank you for the places that you are taking us to. Thank you for leading us down these unfamiliar paths and making darkness into light before us. Well, we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who teaches us and guides us and leads us. And, Lord, we just say that we love you tonight. I speak a blessing over each one of these ladies, Lord. I speak that you perfect everything that concerns them in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that every provision is made and every need is met in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I plead the blood of Jesus over them. I plead the blood Amen. of Jesus. Thank you for your protection. Yes. May they stay in your hiding place in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, ladies, you have a wonderful night. Love you. Love you. Have a blessed night.